standing up in McKinney. This is According to Callus, and we're coming to you now on Friday the 13th. What might that bring about? I ask you, after this last week, I highly doubt any of us would be surprised. We're going to call it a Friday Follies for episode 332 here, and... As you know, I'm running a campaign trying to get 200 subscribers. If I do, I've got a gift card I will be sending out to you. So if you will take the time, the effort to go subscribe to the show and then send me an email at according to callous at att.net just with your uh, subscribed in the subject line and your first name in the body of the email. And if you should win, I will email back to you what the prize is. I got to tell you folks, there are weeks like this week that are just seemingly like they're never going to end. The sad thing is, is that there seems to be plenty of them and it's not just any one thing. It's just a series of coincidences or issues that just keep on coming. So I'd like to say that I apologize on Tuesday. I was supposed to be emceeing an event with uh, none other than uh, Pastor Rafael Cruz. Uh, Due to unforeseen circumstances, he was not able to join us. That was not fun. Not at all. We did our best to uh, educate and inform our folks that came out. But I got to tell you. That's not good. So what I will tell you is I've already confirmed with Chris Ann Hall and her team. And I've always, or I've already confirmed with Daniel Miller and his team. So I can assure you, I will be following up with them the day before the event and the morning of the event. So hopefully we can avoid any more last minute issues, but boy, that was, that was a kind of a kick to the head there. In case you're wondering, it will be February the 14th. That's right. Spend Valentine's Day showing your love for Texas and take your wife out on the weekend. And if you're a lady, same thing. Spend your Valentine's Day on Tuesday night showing your love for Texas and take your husband out on the weekend. That way you can have some proper time together, some alone time on a date night. But Tuesday night is not the night to do that. And while we're at it, in March, Chris Ann Hall's coming. That's right, March. It's going to be the first Thursday of March. And just in case you're wondering, both of these locations were planning on being at a different location, a different venue, to give you more space because we're expecting to have well over 100 people at both events. And honestly, I think we might hit 200 with both of them. So come and join us. It's going to be a $10 door fee. There are expenses. We need to offset them. And that's just the quickest and easiest method to do that. We'll be setting up an event and putting it on social media for you shortly. And yeah, I know this is an ad for the Collin County Patriots, but I'm a member and I'm one of the leadership of that. And, you know, I have a podcast and I probably ought to put it to good use on occasion for things that I'm involved in. So if you'll excuse my uh, two minute ad at the beginning here, we will carry on with the show. All right, so Friday Follies. 
Number one, the nonpartisan BS. Barbara Streisand, if you will. Uh, there is nothing nonpartisan about anything political. There are people that will negotiate based on their principles, but they won't negotiate their principles away. And typically they will line up on one side of the aisle or the other. And I can agree to disagree with somebody that has different principles than me, as long as we're honest with each other. I do it all the time and I, and I have no issue with it. I'm looking at what's been going on here for the last year and I've beat this like a drum and we got three people that threw their hat into the ring to go after some long-term incumbents that don't seem the least bit interested in listening to their people. Now I know there'll be a certain amount of the city or the leadership in the city that'll get behind them because all is well and the status quo is good enough. And well, you know, we got to just keep on trusting those experts, whatever their line is going to be. And I'm here to tell you, <laughs> I've met each of the people that are running against the incumbents. The incumbents wouldn't give me the time of day. Why would they? They don't need me. Who am I? I mean, <laughs> but that's the thing. You know, I would much rather have an unknown incumbent or I'm sorry, an unknown go up against an incumbent and lose and at least cause that incumbent to come off their high horse, answer some questions, go on the record for something. But the scary thought is that I'm having right now is they may be that confident, that sure the fact that they're untouchable, that may may not even bother doing that. And I can only truly hope that comes back to bite them that much harder. Now, I'm not involved with any of the races of the uh, challengers. I do know two of the three of them fairly well. Um, I'm confident that they'll put up a good fight. And we picked up a fourth one. I know her. I wouldn't. I, and that's the thing. I would say I'm friendly with all the candidates that are running against the incumbents and I wish them all well. And I've offered to give them an interview and help them out in any way that they see that will fit. In addition, on the race that we've got two people on the same side getting in, I've offered to try and sit down and see if we can come to an agreement. I don't know what's going to happen with that. And why am I talking about the inside here? Well, because like I said from the beginning, there is nothing that is nonpartisan about politics. So we have essentially, I'm going to be extremely generous. As people that are on the city council that pretend to be Republicans or pretend to be good Baptists or whatever their thing is. <clears throat> and I don't think they're representing either. Well, that's my personal opinion. And I will run with that. As a result, <clears throat> they've been under pressure for over a year. In fact, the pressure got significant enough that back in April of last year, the local Democrat activist partnered up with our quasi-Republican mayor and they created a political action committee to support their people. And they've got a number of names on a list. But I don't know that they're doing anything other than occasionally showing up with four or five people wearing a blue shirt to show that they love the public school. And I find that rather ironic because the very same people that are running for 
against the incumbents love public schools as well. And they are involved in the public schools and they want to protect the public schools. Indeed, they want to make them better. So I'm really not sure what this PAC is looking to accomplish. In fact, they smeared a number of uh, people as being extremists. Well, I can tell you, I know most of the people there don't think any of them are extremists, at least not by my barometer. And I'd be the first to say that I have been called that from time to time, usually by people that don't know any better. I usually consider myself quite jovial, quite agreeable, and quite frankly, more than willing to understand what somebody else's point of view is. I'm not going to deviate from what I believe. I'm not going to deviate from where I stand on principle. But if it's not a principle, okay, let's talk about it. Let's see what we can do here. Because that's how you negotiate. That's how you get things done. And you can set that aside. But all too often, the people on our team, the Republicans, our people are too busy moderating so they can, quote, get things done while selling out the principles. Now, what am I talking about? Well, okay. If you think it's good that young students should have access to pornography, then you should go ahead and vote for the incumbents because they do too. If you think it's good that confused young boys, people that have mental illnesses should start visiting bathrooms that don't comport or conform with their biology, then you should go ahead and vote for the incumbents. If you think these are two radically dangerous ideas that boys should be boys, girls should be boys, girl, <laughs> girls should be girls and not pretend to be boys and boys shouldn't pretend to be girls, notwithstanding, there are some genetic anomalies. There are people with mental illness. There are people that need help and they need to get that, but maybe not in the public schools. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know what to tell you. So we've got three people running, I'm sorry, four people running now, four people running against the incumbents. And they seem like entirely rational, reasonable people that just have a problem based upon their principles and how they look at things. And that's not even getting into (laughs) some of the uh, business dealings or the bids that were done and some of that shady business stuff that quite frankly gets a little deep for most people, but is important. And we need to check these things out. We need to audit these things. We need to stay on top of these things. We need to know what's going on in our taxpayer funded government schools that are supposed to be there for the general public. The general public ought to have some say over that, but it doesn't appear that the incumbents want to hear from us. Now I know that all those incumbents will claim to have ours after their name. And maybe they do. I don't know. I don't believe it, but they can claim it. And the people that are challenging them would probably all claim to have an R after their name too. So you would see this as an interpartisan, right? Everybody on the same team fighting amongst themselves. Maybe, but I'll tell you when a Democrat activist and her Democrat allies are very enthusiastic and protective of the incumbents, that ought to be a red flag. That ought to be a warning sign. When we encourage atheism, when we encourage mental illness, aka uh, trans people to dictate and dominate how the school districts run, that's a problem. 
that's inverting right and wrong. Now, I have never and would not tolerate somebody being abused because they have a mental illness or somebody be abused because of some kind of lifestyle choice or quote unquote, the way I was born, whatever. I would never tolerate that. I don't think that's acceptable. Nobody stands for that. Nobody thinks it's a good idea. And to label people that have an issue with the way people are acting or pretending to be something that they're not clearly as some kind of phobe is ridiculous. And, and the sad thing is, is the people on our side, yeah, people with R after their name, a large part of them, the quote, squishy moderates, they cave. They immediately knuckle under because they can't handle being called a name. All politics is partisan. All of it. Now, ideally, once upon a time, they had this notion that people who lived in the same community would set aside the right and left. They would set aside the Republican, the Democrat, or whatever the parties were at the time. And they'd come together and work together for the better of the community. And that's a sales pitch. And that's what they try and tell us they're doing. But why is it only lefty things come up? Why is it only progressive ideas get put forward? Why is it that anytime anybody questions anything, you get called a bunch of names and chased away and made to feel uncomfortable? Did you ever wonder why, by and large, there's only a bunch of progressives and, and some moderates on every city board and every uh, committee that gets formed up by these people? That shouldn't be a coincidence. Oh, I know there'll be a few people that claim to be Christian, but as far as I can tell, they don't worship the same Christ that I do. I, I'm not, in, I'm not uh, very enthusiastic about pusillanimous Christ. That's the epitome of uh, blasphemy, in my opinion, right? The hippie Jesus? Come on, go with me here. This is ridiculous. The reoccurring theme and how this connects is just yesterday, my wife and daughter were having a conversation and my wife says to my daughter, you know, I really think you guys ought to pay a little bit more attention to politics. My daughter goes, well, what do you mean? What are you talking about? Well, you know, you guys and your generation, I mean, even your boyfriend, you guys just don't pay attention. And then... You know, and I'm in the room, and I'm about to take a part of this conversation. I hear my wife quote me. You may not care about politics, but politics cares about you. <laughs> now, I don't know how much more proud a guy could be of his wife than to hear her quoting you to your own kid. <laughs> but it, it did remind me one thing. I haven't really used that quote a whole lot lately. So in case you missed it, that's right. You might not care about politics, but politics cares about you. You might not want to be partisan, but I can assure you, partisan knows you. Same thing, right? The other thing that came out of that conversation, which I thought was quite humorous, is the fact that I put out a post that said, New Year, New Mike, but I failed to mention the flag, according to them. But no, I have this really cool, like, mashup of the Texas flag and the Gadsden flag. I've got the, you know, curled up uh, rattlesnake there that says, Don't tread on me with the Texas flag background. My daughter got that for me. I mean, and then my wife and daughter, I guess, were in cahoots on this fancy new mic that I have with a nice boom arm. And I got to tell you, this thing really is a hot mic. It's awesome. I mean, I can turn the gain all the way down and stay a foot away from it, and it still picks me up great. This is awesome. 
you know, and I got to tell you, basically working a full-time job and a part-time job at a podcast, it does not make for always happy uh, situations because I'm tied up doing other stuff when I could be with my family. I could be spending time with my daughter who's home visiting, but you know what? This stuff is important. This stuff, at least in theory, is going to make a difference. This is a valuable thing that I'm investing in, and I got to be really careful to have it not cut into the investment I have in my family and in my marriage. Part of that is, I always feel like I'm trying to catch up and fill the hole left by other people. I I always feel like I'm trying to cover other things that could have and should have been done. And look, I'm not some kind of genius. I only have so much bandwidth. Mike uh, Clint Eastwood says, a man's got to know his limitations. I try and do that. I really do. But when I look around me, And I see just how unorganized we are. I mean, I've always admired, that maybe that's not the best word, but acknowledged, maybe is a better word, the left and how organized they are. Oh, they look like a giant mess, but when the chips are down, they line up in lockstep and they all follow the leader and they all do what needs to be done in order to win. And they are very successful for it. And then I reflect upon... The people right of center, the the libertarians, uh, the liberty-oriented people, they really like their independence. They really appreciate the idea that they can think for themselves. They really want to be able to express themselves. Now, stop me when this sounds familiar. They don't like being told what to do. And yes, I uh, that all those identify me. By nature, I am. I'll follow the rules so long as the rules make sense. But if the rules are what I would call unnecessary garbage, eh, not so interested. If rules are there to be an impediment to me getting things done, eh, that's not useful. If rules are there for my safety, for the general protection of people, or to help us get things done, well, I'm all for them. I, I think that's a great thing. but I'm struck by the need for organization and I'm struck by the need for the fact that I'm just going to say it. We spend more time fighting ourselves than our opponents on the other side. We spend more time jockeying for position and power and authority within our own ranks than paying attention to the opposition. I look back and I think to myself, what happened? People were willing to subordinate themselves to other people All the time for the greater mission, for the greater good. And now (laughs) we can't even get people on the same page or in the same book many times. I mean, I've partnered with many a person that I didn't necessarily agree with 100% because we were on a mission that I thought we were going to get something done and I'm happy to do it. And I guess it's just because I don't have some overriding ego where I need to be in charge or I need to be directing everybody. But let me tell you, I've always said this, and I've heard this adage before, lead, follower, get out of the way. And I tell my friends, I tell other people that I work with, I'm like, look, I don't need to be in charge, but somebody needs to be in charge so we get this stuff done. And if they're not going to do it, I'm game. I'll do it. I'll absolutely step up because it has to get done. 
I don't have to be in charge. I don't even necessarily want to be in charge of anything. But if it's not going to get done, it needs to get done. And I wonder how much is this generational? How much is this programming from what we got in our school systems? I don't know, but it's a problem. And I see it. The younger people for me, the millennials, the Gen Zers, the, the, what is it? Gen Y, right? These people ought to know better, but they don't. They're so used to being told what to do. They don't question anything. And again, I've seen this play out right here in McKinney, Texas. Oh, you need to wear a mask. Oh, you need to get vaccinated. Oh, you need to shut your church down. Oh, you need to not go to work. Oh, you need to not do business. Oh, you need to not go to the restaurant. Oh, you need to do this. And the vast majority of the people went along with it. Now, fortunately, I hang with a bunch of people that had enough. Oh, we were willing to play nice, kind of go along with it for a couple of weeks because, you know, we really had no idea what was going on. But out of that, you would have thought we would organize. You Out of that, you would have thought we would have come together for the common good to stand up to the tyranny, whether it's at the state level the, or the city level. Fortunately, in Collin County, we don't have any tyranny coming out of the county government. But we didn't do it. And we didn't do it well at where we did do it. And now we're going to start to pay the consequences. And while we're talking about paying the consequences, going back to the whole school board race, I saw something that somebody forwarded to me. It was an email. Apparently there was a school, and apparently this has been in more than one school, but apparently there was a school that sent an email home instructing the parents to have their children. And of course, I'm paraphrasing, so if I get the exact details wrong, excuse me. But essentially, have your students write a thank you letter to Lynn Speary as a member of the school board. At first I thought, well, wow, I guess she's retiring. I mean, why else would you ask a bunch of kids to thank a school board member for their service? Why else would you send out an, an email encouraging people to weigh in on how great they think a school board member is? Then they're going to be retiring. That there's an election cycle going on, right? So, I mean, do we have an impending retirement here? I mean, that would that would be the only reason why I would think that would make sense, right? Hey, kids, you and your parents, please thank this uh, school board member for their 90 years of service. I know it's not 90, it's like 35 or whatever years of service. And we're going to wish her well in her retirement. But then somebody said, well, no, 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 she's going to run for re-election. She's already indicated that. I'm like, well, well, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. Isn't that electioneering? Isn't that illegal? Isn't that a problem? I know I kind of referenced this in passing earlier in the week, but I wanted to come back to this because that kind of stinks. I mean, whether you like the school board as it is or not, whether you are a fan of her or not, which that shouldn't have any weight or bearing on this. That's something that violates the ethics code. You know, that very same code that they're trying to uh, run off Chad Green with, right? So the, the school district is violating its own code to protect its own people. Now, we saw this play out before in the last election cycle in Wiley, right? So they had four challengers against four school board members. And lo and behold, the school district sends out a mailer 
touting how great the school board is and how great the school district is just so happens to coincide with an election. There is a Texas Ethics Commission complaint. I think that's the correct phraseology there. And there may or may not be some consequence for that bad behavior. But let me ask you something. What good does it do to have an ethics code if there's no enforcement for those that violate it? What incentive is there for government to actually obey the laws that the government puts out for everybody to obey except for themselves? Does that seem right? Does that seem fair? Now, if I wasn't already so done with the school board the way it is and willing to punt them all out the door, I would say, honestly, if I was a supporter, I'd be really put off with it. I I would... I'd be very bothered with it. In fact, I I might be so inclined to send an email back to the principal or the superintendent or whoever authorized and sent this email out to the parents of the children in the school and say, uh, yeah, no, this isn't cool. You shouldn't be doing this now. This isn't appropriate. That person's up for re-election in a couple of months here. And you're kind of cheating the system here. That's not appropriate. But I, I don't know if anybody's going to do it. And, you know, you could say what you want. The, the, everybody that runs for the school district or for the school board, I should say in this district, they all have the same answer. Oh yes, we support the teachers. Oh yes, we love the schools. Oh yes, this. Oh yes, that. And I'll tell you, the three people that currently serve on the board probably feel just as positive about all the teachers and staff as all their opponents do. This is where I would check out and say, well, I, you know, I'm not a fan of government schools. I would, and, and again, I'm going to go back on this just because I need to understand, I need you all to understand how strongly I feel about this and how important it is to me to bifurcate my, any involvement that I might have in this. In a perfect world, there'd be no government schools. We don't have a perfect world and there are government schools. So we're beholden to make them as good as they can be. And as good as they can be does not include messing with kids' understanding of biology. It doesn't include, for lack of a better term, grooming them to be abused by adults. Now, you can make the argument whether or not you think that's real, and I accept that. But the fact that the school board saw fit to not address that for an entire year speaks volumes. The fact that they've got three people challenging them I don't know what what they've been doing necessarily. I haven't been involved in their race. I, I, I mean, other than knowing them and encouraging them that hey, if that's what you want to do, you should do it. And yeah, I think they those other people need to retire. That's the limit of my involvement. But I got to tell you, if you're sitting at home and you're even the slightest bit on the fence, you ought to be bothered by this. You ought to be bothered by the school district involving themselves in the race of who runs the school district. (laughs) I think the phrase is the tail wagging the dog, right? The school district's supposed to work for the school board, 
but not directly because they work through the superintendent. And being that the superintendent's got one foot out the door already, and we've already put the fix in on the replacement superintendent by only hiring or interviewing for hiring one search firm, and that search firm has got a eh, halfway decent track record from my understanding, and they've probably already got a few key players that they want to recruit in. So, I mean, doesn't anybody think that's a little weird? Doesn't anybody want to know what's going on? Doesn't anybody have the slightest bit of curiosity behind this? Or are they all afraid of what might happen to them or their children? Now, I get it. If you're a teacher or you work for the school itself, you're looking at your career. Well, if I say anything, if I act up, they're going to run me off. They're going to not renew my contract. Well, that may be true. And you might have to go through a lawsuit to be made whole again. But then we've got an atheist who created a big enough stink as a substitute teacher to change what the city of McKinney, or I'm sorry, McKinney ISD had been doing for years by basically kicking them out of a location that they had used without incident. Because, oh, well, there's a Christian cross there and, you know, that personally upsets me. And apparently I'm a little snowflake and I can't handle the culture that I live in. Now I know there's Jewish people and Muslim people and Hindu people and whatever other people that aren't Christian either. And for one day out of four years that you have to sit in a Christian church and maybe get a benediction or maybe just take use of the facility, I really don't think that's government imposing any religion on you. That's just a silly, stupid idea. But hey, when you're an atheist and you get a couple of activists behind you, suddenly that becomes a real issue. But if you come in before that same said school board and you tell them, hey, you know what? You probably ought to not put these filthy books in front of our children. You're crazy. You're an activist. You're an extremist. I'm not quite sure how that math adds up, but that's what we're doing with and they're cheating the system. And while we're at it, how is it that we have at least one board member who's a current serving board member that has multiple things named after her, and that's perfectly legit? There used to be a rule back in the day that you didn't name anything for a current serving member, or maybe not even until after they die, but oh, well, the city of McKinney, the McKinney ISD is, eh, they'll do whatever they want. And here's the thing, and I want everybody to hear me clearly here. I have nothing personal against any of these people. Other than occasionally saying hi over the last whatever years or waving, I have no interaction with them. I have no personal dislike for them. I don't like their policies or lack thereof. I don't like their inaction, and I don't like their indecisiveness And I certainly don't like the policies that apparently they're okay with. But I, as before, I give credit where credit is due. They did repeal the stupid mask mandate. They did back off a lot of those silly restrictions pretty early on. But that wasn't without a lot of pressure from the outside, which is not dissimilar to the pressure they're getting now. Yet now there are a bunch of crazy extremists and the, you know, whatever else that this uh, Angie Beto, the Democrat activist, calls them, or the mayor calls them, but that's okay. If that's all you got to call somebody else names, 
then you really don't have anything, right? You're not attacking their principles. You're not attacking their policies. Nope, you're attacking them personally. And that generally means it's because you got nothing. You got nothing. Which kind of goes into the last point here in my Friday Follies. No harm, no foul. So when I was a kid and we would play basketball with my dad, and of course I'm not a good basketball player in the least, but we would play and we would roughhouse and we had the joke about no blood, no foul. And this is nothing unique. I mean, I'm sure there are guys all over the country, over the world that have a similar saying, right? So what I mean to say by that is, hey, when you're in politics, things can get messy. They can get rough. They can get pushy. They can get hard. But at the end of the day, if it doesn't really hurt you, you got to let it go. It's just part of being in the the game, for lack of a better word, is part of being involved. You're going to have people not like you. You're going to have people treat you poorly. You're going to have people call you names. You're going to have people be mean, mean to you and all this other nonsense. And you have to shrug it off. You have to brush it off. You have to just cowboy up or cowgirl up and move on. Yes, it's not fun. It can be disappointing, especially when it comes from people that you would expect more out of. But that's the world we live in. And we just have to be willing to deal with it and move on. Make the best of what we've got, accept it, and move on. And I know it was a Friday Follies, and I really didn't have a whole lot of funny things to talk about. So, in the closing moments, well, actually I did, I guess. But in the closing moments, I would like to reflect on a funny incident. You see... When you wing things, when you, when you have to go off script, if you will, you can misspeak, you can get out of place, you can, you can do things, and it can be quite humorous. And, you know, from, from time to time, I will uh, say the wrong word or, you know, follow a flow and I'll mispronounce something. And, and I kind of laugh that off. It, it's funny. But what... What I find particularly humorous is the Freudian slip. And if you're not familiar with this term, it's basically somebody that's trying to communicate something and they say something that they really mean, but then they quickly correct themselves. Well, I didn't really mean to say that. I, I, I'm, I'm sorry. Um, and it kind of goes hand in hand with projection in that way. So when you listen to people and when you get them pressed and they say something, maybe you ought to pay attention to it. So case in point, I, I'm not going to get into all the details, but I was having a conversation and, uh, <laughs> and my wife was involved and I said something about, um, wanting to spend time with my wife and I didn't use the word that I would normally use and it didn't necessarily mean anything poor by it. It was affectionate, if you will, and funny, something I would say in a private conversation. Unfortunately for me, my daughter was there and she goes, ew. No, I'm sorry. I just think that's funny. When, you, when you're having a conversation and you're messing around and you say the wrong word and you can make your adult daughter <laughs> ew like she's a 12-year-old. I mean, look, I know it's kind of weak. Maybe it's not the strongest finish, but I wanted to end on a light note. It's a Friday. We got to make the most of it. And 
enjoy your little bit of downtime that you have. And, you know, politics is important, but politics isn't everything. You have your family, you have your life. This is an investment in our future politics, but there are so many other things you can and should be doing, but you can't ignore it and you can't ignore it forever. And I'd ask you to stick around for the uh, minute or so afterwards. I have my friend's ad on the end in the case you're wondering, yes, he's my friend. No, we haven't exchanged money or favors. And one last proviso in case I haven't said it often enough. This is according to Callis. It is all my opinion based on my understanding of the facts or what happened or however you want to phrase it. And if I get something wrong, let me know. But you should never, ever trust anything 100% that comes from anybody, even when you, quote, see it with your own eyes. And with that, I will see you on the other side. Canceled by the big tech mafia, but inadvertently profiting from owning their stocks in a mutual fund or ETF. At two pillars, they believe that censorship is a form of violence and a business practice that does not promote human flourishing. In many cases, through their investigative screening process, they can help you divest from companies that are denying your God-given inalienable right to speak freely. Hey, patriots, Two Pillars believes it's time for conservatives to align their values and investments. Two Pillars is your place for impact investing in the parallel economy. Find out what's in your investment portfolio with a complimentary portfolio review. Contact them today to learn more. Call toll-free at 833-377-0051 or send an email to info at twopillarsam.com. That's info at T-W-O-pillarsam.com. Get started today. Advisory services are offered through Jacob and Boaz Asset Management, LLC, doing business as Two Pillars Asset Management or Two Pillars. A registered investment advisor in the states of Texas and California. Two Pillars is not endorsed by any government agency and is not engaged in the practice of law or tax advice.